is uh, this is a little disconcerting here. The wrong name showing up for who you're voting the for. The irregularities. Yes. Yes. Who'd have thunk it? Apparently not the folks in Texas. Well, I don't know why I came here tonight. I got the feeling that something ain't right. No, it ain't. I'm so scared in case I fall off my chair. Not scared. And I'm wondering how I'll get down the stairs. Clowns to the left of me, jokers to the right. Here I am, stuck in the middle with you. Yep. Yes, I'm stuck in the middle. From Pacifica with you. Radio in Los Angeles, this is. The Bradcast, as heard on KPFK 90.7 FM in L.A. Up in Oregon on 91.7 FM KYAQ on the Central Coast and 106.7 FM KSO in Cottage Grove. Out in Pennsylvania on 93 FM WLRI in Lancaster. Out in Hawaii on 88.5 FM KAKU, the voice of Maui. Up in Minneapolis, St. Paul, on Caucus Day, on AM 950, KTNF, the progressive voice of Minnesota. And of course, coast to coast and blanketing the globe, streaming on the Progressive Voices channel, Netroots Radio, Indie Media Weekly, FYI Nation, Radio or Not, Radio Free Brooklyn, GDPR Nashville, Detour Talk in East Tennessee, and of course... Radio Sputnik, five days a week. I am Brad Friedman, your friendly investigative blogger, journalist, troublemaker, muckraker, all-around swell fellow says me from bradblog.com. Boy, oh boy. Uh, CBS chief, (laughs) CBS chief Les Moonves said on Monday that Republican presidential frontrunner Donald Trump has been great, great for his company's bottom line. He said, it may not be good for America, but it's damn good for CBS, Moonves told investors at the Morgan Stanley Technology Media and Telecom Conference. The money's rolling in and this is fun, he said. Moonves called the 2016 landscape a circus, said, I've never seen anything like this and this is going to be a very good year for us. Sorry, it's a terrible thing to say, he said, but bring it on, Donald. Keep going. According to The Hollywood Reporter, Moonves did not say which candidate had his vote, but clearly Donald Trump has his support to keep on going as long as possible. Well, little wonder that the media is uh, concerned or not concerned, I should say, about the direction of our country, particularly when it comes to Citizens United and the hand over fist money pouring into these media outlets for them to air political propaganda ads. They're delighted about it. But does the corporate media, specifically the broadcast media, which enjoys a free license from we the people for use of our public airwaves, does that corporate media have a legal responsibility to at least vet Some of these ads that uh, Les Moonves is so happy about, so delighted about, making so much money on, do they have any responsibility at all to vet any of those uh, propaganda slots before simply cashing the check and slapping them up endlessly onto our public airwaves? Former TV uh, journalist and producer turned media critic and activist Sue Wilson well, join us momentarily to discuss exactly that and more related to this and how, believe it or not, Ted Cruz and 
and or Donald Trump uh, might be able to save democracy. What? Really? Yes, we will talk about that in uh, in a moment. Sue Wilson will be standing by. Also, a little bit later, Desi Doyen and our Green News Report. Hi, Desi. Hello. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I know you've got a new best, uh, a new boyfriend now. Yeah, I know. What? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, Leo DiCaprio. He's, oh, he's not your, your oh, new I knew. favorite. I see. Yeah? Yes. Okay. Uh, I he's know a little he old is. for me. Oh, a little old for you. Oh, okay. <laughs> Well done. Uh, Desi Doyen will, of course, be here a little bit later with our Green News report with uh, Don. Speaking of Trump, Trump calling for killing the EPA. <laughs> That's how he's going to pay for his tax plan, his his tax cuts. Uh, West Virginia. Oh, I always love it when West Virginia is in the news uh, fighting against climate science for school kids. Oh, man. Plus, uh, Leo DiCaprio, as I mentioned, uh, having used his Oscar speech to call for climate change. Yeah, kind of a big deal. Yeah, you're yeah, you know, you're just happy about it. I You've am. just been happy since the Oscars on Sunday about that. So uh, we will talk about that soon as well. In the meantime, voters in about a dozen states are heading to the polls right now, even as we speak to both uh, primaries and caucuses around the country. As we go to air, it is the biggest election day to date. In 2016, as uh, things play out, uh, folks are going to the polls in Alabama, Arkansas, Alaska, only only Republicans uh, in Arkansas, Georgia, Massachusetts, Minnesota, Oklahoma, Tennessee, Texas, Vermont, uh, uh, Virginia, Colorado, uh, only Democrats there. Uh, there have been, you'll be shocked to learn, uh, some problems reported so far today at the polling place. Uh, and, and usually we don't get the full breadth of the problems until after the elections, uh, the, the night of, the day after, sometimes the week or month after. Election Protection, which is uh, 866ourvote.org, they are the nation's largest nonpartisan voter protection coalition. They are in full swing. Volunteers are answering that line, uh, the 866-hour-vote hotline, with folks calling in uh, with problems, with concerns, with questions. They put out a release uh, this afternoon. I think this is the latest one. They've been doing it throughout the day. They say that they note that this is the first presidential election cycle without the full protection of voting of the Voting Rights Act since the Supreme Court gutted it back in uh, in 2013. The majority of calls so far to the Election Protection Hotline have come from Alabama, Georgia and Texas, all states that were previously covered under Section 5 of the Voting Rights Act. In Georgia, voters were reporting long lines in Fulton and Gwinnett counties due to poll books malfunctioning. These poll books, these are these electronic poll books that, uh, you know, as if the voting machines, the computerized voting machines weren't enough of a problem. They said, hey, these voting machines work like crap. Let's also do it with the voting, uh, with the, uh, the, the, the poll books. Let's make them electronic as well. Let's use computers for that. And that's what they do now in a lot of places. And you'll be shocked to learn they were malfunctioning, which then led to long lines in these uh, precincts in, uh, in Georgia. And undoubtedly meant, since this is a work day, uh, that people would have to uh, go home because or they had to go back to work because they wouldn't have time to stand in those lines. At Inman Middle School, for example, in Fulton County, only one out of three poll books were reported to be working with 80 to 100 voters waiting in line. 
Additionally, some precincts in Gwinnett or Gwinnett County were only providing ballots to Republican voters. What? Yes. Uh, according to Valdosta today, um, Brian, uh, for example, Brianna Fleener, Brianna Fleener said she was upset and unsure of whether her vote in the Democratic primary was counted, even though poll workers said the problem had been, been fixed. She told Valdosta today, she said, I show up, I fill out the paper and I give it to the man at the counter. Next, I was given a card to insert into the machine because they use touchscreen machines all across Georgia. That was, uh, along with Maryland, the first state to adopt uh, touchscreen, Diebold touchscreen voting systems across the entire state. She said, I was I was given the card to insert into the machine, machine, and when I pulled up the screen, I realized I was given the wrong ballot. She was given a Republican ballot instead of a Democratic ballot. She looked around. She noticed others were having the same issue. Turns out that anyone voting Democrat received a Republican ballot. She reported after making some phone calls, we were told we could fix it, but we were showing up in the system as having voted when none of us had actually cast our ballots. Election supervisor for the state, Deb Cox, blamed the problem on voter error. Ha! So it was their fault? Yeah, well, that's what she, yes, that's what she said. As usual, they always blame the voters for these things. The voters are doing fine. Leave them alone. Uh, you election officials need to get your act together, uh, especially in Georgia, where these problems have happened year after year after year after year. Anyway, uh, Deb Cox blamed the problem on voter error, despite the fact that all of the voters were having the same problem all at the same time. Imagine that. Uh, Fleener uh, disputes the charge that it was voter error. She says she filled it out correctly and she is angry about it and now no longer knows if uh, if her vote will be counted or count uh, or count at all. Going back to this report from the uh, Election Protection Group 866 Our Vote. State websites throughout the morning that allow voters to verify their polling place location and confirm voter registration status in Alabama and Texas were said to not be working. As of 11 a.m. Eastern time, the voter registration locator on the state's website was not functioning in Colorado either. Texas has their restrictive voter ID laws still in effect, even though that requirement was found to be racially discriminatory, was found to be illegal in violation of the Voting Rights Act, as well as the Constitution. Uh, this was uh, both found by a, a federal trial court and then later a U.S. Court of Appeals for the Fifth Circuit upheld the most of the lower court's uh, rulings. Despite that, despite the law, and it was found earlier, uh, another version of this law to be uh, illegal as well, despite the fact that it has been found illegal and unconstitutional time and time and time again, while the state of Texas is uh, appealing those rulings, this law is still in effect. So these photo ID, restri voter, uh, photo ID restrictions are still in effect, still could be keeping people from being able to cast any vote at all for anyone in the Great state of Texas. Kristen Clark, president and executive director of the Lawyers Committee for Civil Rights under law, says that no voter, no eligible voter should be denied the right to successfully cast a ballot. Those voters who encounter barriers or identi uh, identify issues at their polling place are encouraged to call 866 our vote. 
Uh, there were other problems reported as well. So far, not uh, a, a mountain, not yet, thankfully, hopefully, a, a flood of problems. But substantial problems coming from a number of areas around the country. I'll get to one more in a second, specifically to Texas, where those touchscreen voting machines I've been warning you about for the past uh, days, weeks, months, years, now more than a decade. Uh, yeah, they were uh, causing problems in the state of Texas. I'll get to that in a pro- in a moment. But I want I just want to underscore: if you have problems, call eight six six our vote and report them so they you know keep them in in the database that will be important as we move ahead even if you you think oh this is not a big problem well other people may be having the exact same problems even if you are listening to this broadcast after the polls have closed if you had a problem you can still call and report them at 866 our vote that may help identify concerns about the results as those come in and as those are certified over the next several days and weeks And it will help ensure that some of these problems might be taken care of before the general election this November. 866, our vote will be up and running during upcoming primaries and caucuses this year, as well as uh, in November on Election Day. So you may want to write down that phone number. Uh, But also, in, in addition to letting them know about it, report these problems also to your county to your state secretary of state, to your local media, especially. Uh, And uh, even me, if you like, uh, you can email me. I am bradcast at bradblog.com. When these problems happen, document it, take photos, get names of the poll workers, let others in line know about problems, uh, particularly if you have them with the machines. This is up to you people. Don't wait for someone else to do this. Okay, going back to Texas, as promised, uh, apparently a lot of folks are having problems with the voting machines. I know you're shocked to hear it. The touchscreen voting machines, the 100 percent unverifiable touchscreen voting machines that are used across much of the state of Texas. A lot of the counties there don't use actual touchscreens. They're they're just like touchscreens. But instead of using your finger on the screen, you use a little wheel to move the cursor around. But they are equally unverifiable. And uh, near Austin, uh, I think this is just north of Austin, Williamson County, Desi? Yes, that is just north of Austin. Uh, um, You're being from Texas. You are our Texas expert on all of this. (laughs) You're expected to know where all of the counties are in the the state of Texas. Uh, Austin radio station KLBJ received around half a dozen complaints on uh, on Tuesday that Texas voting machines were changing their votes, mostly from Donald Trump to Senator Marco Rubio. Now, this station or this particular show, the Todd and Don show, are big Donald Trump supporters. So naturally, you're going to get a lot of calls from uh, Trump fans. So we don't know how, you know, large this problem actually is, whether it involved Donald Trump or, or any of the other Republican candidates or any of the other Democratic candidates who have to vote on those same machines because Texas hates their voters so much. They still require them on Election Day uh, in many counties to vote on these machines. Here's um, here's a, a, a caller or two to this uh, Todd and Don show. Let's play this first caller, uh, Cindy, who called in uh watching the uh, the voting system flip her vote before her eyes. Uh, Cindy is in Leander. Hi, how are you this morning? Good. H- how can we help you? 
Well, a little concerned, and I just wanted to report this. Uh, I've heard this now from two different people, one being from your show about the gentleman in Georgetown who yeah. tried to vote for Donald Trump this morning and it showed up as Rubio. Uh-huh. Had to, had We've had a couple of those, yeah. Well, I had the same experience. We voted at the location at the Church of Christ Church in Leander, mm-hmm. and I placed my vote for Mr. Trump. Mm-hmm. Definitely, and upon uh, reviewing before confirming, it showed up as Elizabeth Gray. Well, you are the Elizabeth uh, Gray. Elizabeth Gray. Interesting. Okay. Now, did you did, were you able to fix the problem and make well, some corrections before you left? I, you sort of lose some trust there, but luckily I had not hit my confirmation button, so I went back all the way. I called one of the attendants there, and gee, he didn't know what was going on. And I went all the way back to the first page, and uh, I there it was. The uh, square for Mr. Trump was totally blank. Mm. I hit it again, and I went back and I reviewed it three different times. Wow. And at that point, Mr. Trump's uh, square remained checked. Oh. So I went ahead and confirmed that. Well, that's not good. Point. You are the uh, fourth person to call us in the past half hour. To say oh, they had wow. that same problem, they voted for Trump, Gosh. but it popped up Rubio or somebody else. You're the first to have somebody else, but the surprise. other three were Rubio. Elizabeth Gray. Elizabeth Gray. Yeah. Thank you, Cindy. appreciate that, but uh, you did get it fixed before you left, it. right? Yeah, we need to have this investigated. There's something not right. Something's fishy, man. Something's going yeah, on strange. It, it appears it was one in Ron Rock. One in Leander, one in Georgetown, so it appears to be a Williamson County problem. Nobody from uh, Travis County or Hayes, Bastrop, or Caldwell to call us with those kind of problems. So the other the other candidates are still on the ballot, correct? Their names are still on the ballot? Sure, you could vote for a Rand Paul if you wanted so to. You could write in a name. Yeah. Yeah. So there you go. Same problem we've had how many years? Year after year, election year after election year. We have this problem again and again and again, and we do nothing about it. Uh, the, the machines that they're using in uh, in in Williamson County, north of Texas, are the ESNS. I'm sorry, what did I say? North, north of Texas. Texas, north of Austin. Thank you. Uh, are the ESNS iVotronics? These are the exact same ones I've been warning you about that they were using in South Carolina that resulted in a guy being elected uh, a couple of years ago for the the, the uh, Democratic U.S. Senate. Uh, primary winning the nomination, a guy who no one had ever heard of, who had done no campaigning, no nothing, winning that nomination. Same machines here. These machines, these ESNS iVotronics, fail all the time. They're still used all over the country and they still fail. Sometimes registering zero votes. Uh, anyway, all kinds of problems with these machines. And now I also see looking up at, at the uh, verified voting database for Williamson County, they also allow people to use ESNS uh, Model 100 OpScan. That's a paper ballot system. So I don't know at airtime here if folks have the choice in uh, in Texas or at least in Williamson County to uh, vote on a paper ballot if they'd like to. But if you're forced to vote on touchscreen voting systems when you go to the polls, ask him, can I vote on paper? Here was another caller into the exact same uh, show reporting the exact same problem. Eddie in Georgetown, good morning. Hey, Eddie. Yeah, good, good morning. I just voted in Williamson County at a Baptist church on Highway 29 next to the Wolf Ranch. Mm-hmm. And there are about 15 people on the ballot for president plus the other elections there. When I reviewed my ballot, uh, my ballot at the end, mm-hmm. the person I voted for president was marked differently than how I voted. Wow! And I know when I when I touched the button that I hit the right button. Mm. Were you able to make the, make a correction before you left? 
Oh yeah, I made the, I made the correction, but I, yeah. I just need to warn people with these ballots where these things are going to make sure that you correct and, and, and check your entire yeah. ballot. Yeah, I mean, if, I uh, been talking if about. half the people don't check their ballots, then half the people could have a uh, wrong information. That's not good. That's not a system that we trust. I mean, that's yeah. Really? I, I called the really? election judge over and, and asked it about that. He said, "Well, let's just go back through the whole thing," and 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 I did. I appreciate the update. Thank you very much. This is uh, this is a little disconcerting here. Well, what's wrong? Well, these reports about about. Uh, the wrong name showing up for who you're voting for. The irregularities. Yes, absolutely. Yes, absolutely. Disconcerting. Just a little bit. A little bit disconcerting now that their candidates are paying the price for it. Now that these Trump supporters are seeing their votes flip from one candidate to another. They didn't mind it when it was, you know, reported in the past. When it was somebody trying to vote for, you know, uh, uh, Barack Obama and it was flipping over to John McCain or trying to vote for John Kerry and it was flipping over to George W. Bush. No problem there. But now all of a sudden there's a problem. Really? You think? We will be keeping our eyes on uh, on that, uh, you know, as the as the days go on and as the election goes on and as the primary cycle goes on. Uh, in the meantime, a reminder, if you have problems like that, call 866-OUR-VOTE and report them. Uh, of course, on the Democratic side, uh, if the pre-election polls hold up, Clinton, uh, Hillary Clinton is set to win the majority of states who are voting today. Bernie Sanders is hoping to win a number of them, uh, particularly he's focusing on Colorado and Massachusetts and Minnesota, Oklahoma, uh, a little uh, obviously Vermont, a little bit uh, in Texas. So we'll see how all of that plays out. And if there is any reason, as those guys said on the radio station, to trust the results. No, there isn't. I'll tell you in advance. No matter who wins, no reason. We don't have trust. We don't have faith-based elections. We have elections that we were supposed to be able to oversee. We, the people. Yesterday, I mentioned how the corporate media, the New York Times and the Washington Post, by the way, are misreporting or at least misleading the electorate by reporting uh, so-called superdelegates right along with the actual real pledged delegates that people, you know, have actually voted for. Well, Google, I noticed today, is doing the same thing. If you search for primary elections today, you will see a, a graph that makes it look like uh, Hillary Clinton is absolutely destroying Bernie Sanders in the delegate count. 546 to just 87. But if you look closer, you'll see the colors that separate the difference between pledged delegates that people have actually voted for and the so-called superdelegates, the party insiders who are not pledged, who can go to the convention and vote for whoever they want. Their vote right now, at least, is absolutely meaningless. If you look really closely, you'll see that uh, Hillary Clinton and Bernie Sanders are all, for all uh, intents and purposes, tied. That will change now that there are some 800 delegates up uh, in the Super Tuesday races, um, but uh, not as much as uh, these outlets, New York Times, Washington Post, and now Google, make it seem. On the Republican side, well, you all know the news by now. It's Trump. It's going to be Trump everywhere, except for maybe Texas, which is Ted Cruz's home state, at least according to all of the uh, the latest pre-election polls. Trump is uh, winning all over the place. We'll see if those votes hold up, if those polls hold up, and uh, if, if they are reflected in the results, whether folks are voting on touchscreen-like computers or on uh, paper ballots that are also tabulated by uh, usually unverified and com 
often inaccurate uh, for any number of reasons, computer systems, even when you vote on paper. That's the biggest scandal, perhaps. So we'll see if the numbers hold up. If so, Trump may pretty well lock up enough delegates to all but ensure that he eventually wins the no- uh, the numbers needed to clinch the GOP nomination for president of the United States. At least save for anything the GOP establishment may dream up. Uh, between now and then to try and contest the nomination at the National uh, Convention this July in Cleveland. Uh, But before we get uh, to all of that, i got to take a quick break, and we will come back and speak with Sue Wilson about how Ted Cruz or Donald Trump could save democracy. Yeah, really, though, don't hold your breath. I'm Brad Friedman. This is your Bradcast. Stay tuned. Hey, this is Brad. The 2016 election season is now at full throttle. Here at the Bradcast and bradblog.com, we fight for election integrity all year round, like no other media outlet in the nation. But we need your support to keep doing so, now more than ever. Please stop by bradblog.com donate to make a monthly pledge of any amount you like to help keep us going, or even just a one-time-only contribution. While everyone else covers the horse race, we also keep our eyes on the track conditions those horses are running on. Because voting systems, access to the polls, and citizen oversight of election results can make all the difference. Please help us continue to fight independently for your democracy by taking about 60 seconds right now to stop by bradblog.com donate today. And thanks. All right, welcome back to the Bradcast. Brad Friedman from bradblog.com with you here. Uh, There has been a lot of talk of lawsuits on the Republican side of the presidential campaign of late, particularly between Donald Trump and Ted Cruz, each one suggesting that they may well sue each other. Ted Cruz even held a long, rambling press conference a week or so ago begging begging Donald Trump uh, to sue him in response to what Donald Trump called lying ads from the Cruz campaign, which laid out Trump's flip-flopping positions, and he really has flip-flopped over the years, his flip-flopping position on abortion. Now, that ad was later described as flawed by the uh, PolitiFact fact-checking group for not fully quoting the context of Trump's comments from the 90s in which he said he was very, very pro-choice and not explaining how Trump now claims to have evolved from a pro-choice position to an anti-choice position. At the same time, A super PAC called American Future Fund has been running attack ads against Cruz, describing him as weak on defense. And that's a claim that factcheck.org has found to be misleading. So Trump is now threatening lawsuits and Cruz is now threatening lawsuits. And Sue Wilson, media activist, wrote about it all last week at the Brad blog, begging someone to sue someone soon 
because, as she describes, the two candidates have a, a legal standing that we, the people, do not in these cases. We'll explain this in a moment uh, when it comes to lawsuits against political propaganda ads that do not tell the truth. In the meantime, just after Sue published her article at Bradblog.com last week on all of this, begging someone to sue someone, a new aspect was brought to all of it when Donald Trump, realizing that it'd be nearly impossible for him to win a lawsuit against a media outlet thanks to the inconvenient First Amendment of our Constitution, he promised that once he's elected, he will somehow change the constitutional right of freedom of the press. So I'm going to open up our libel laws so when they write purposely negative and horrible and false articles, we can sue them and win lots of money. We're going to open up those libel laws so that when the New York Times writes a hit piece, which is a total disgrace, or when the Washington Post, which is there for other reasons, writes a hit piece, we can sue them and win money instead of having no chance of winning because they're totally protected. You see? With me, they're not protected because I'm not like other people, but I'm not taking money. I'm not taking their money. So we're going to open up those libel laws, folks, and we're going to have people sue you like you never got sued before. That was Donald Trump uh, promising to open up those libel laws, which, of course, he'd have to get the Congress to agree to. He'd have to get the Supreme Court to agree to because now he's talking about the First Amendment. So uh, while a chance to, to change the Constitution to make it easier to abridge free speech by the press is most likely ridiculous on Trump's part. There is an aspect to the threatened lawsuits between Trump and Cruz that could actually serve to help us all, if one or both, bother to file suit, which, as I said, Sue Wilson is begging them to. Sue Wilson is a media activist. She's director of Public Interest Pictures Broadcast Blues documentary. She's a 22-year veteran of broadcast journalism. Her numerous awards include an Emmy, AP, uh, for her work at CBS, PBS, Fox, and NPR. She's the editor of the media criticism blog Sue Wilson Reports, and she is founder of the Media Action Center. She joins us now to talk about this entire fine mess. Sue Wilson, welcome back to the broadcast. Well, Brad, I can't about believe it, but here <laughs> I am talking with you and not about you know, the things we usually talk about, but lawsuits. And isn't it great? Uh-huh. Well, we'll see how great it is. Uh, let's first, before we get into the the specifics of the lawsuit that Donald Trump might uh, file against Cruz and vice versa, let's talk about this Trump claim that he will somehow change the First Amendment's restriction on freedom of the press. He doesn't say as much. He says we're going to open up libel suits. Now, he's talking about the difficulty that public figures have in suing media outlets for libel. And I know that can be frustrating for people like uh, uh, Trump and other politicians, but uh, it, it's actually a good thing that it's so difficult uh, for a public figure to sue the media. Is it not? It explains Sue, why it's so hard right now for someone like Trump to win against a media outlet. These, you know, these New York Times, their attack pieces that he claims and so forth. Well, people have to separate in their mind first the difference between newspaper print media outlets and broadcasting outlets, mm -hmm. the TV and radio outlets, which are owned by the public, publicly owned airwaves mm -hmm. that have public interest obligations. Uh, when we talk about newspapers, 
they have an absolute First Amendment right to free speech because anybody can start a newspaper. If Donald Trump wants to fund a newspaper, he can buy a building, he can hire reporters and a printer and a sales staff, and he can go into the business of selling newspapers. So newspapers get the right to say whatever they want because there's free competition. It's absolutely open. However, when you look at the broadcasting side, Mm -hmm. there's only so many airwaves. There's only so many TVs, TV airwaves, Mm -hmm. TV stations. There's only so many radio stations available. They're very limited. That's why there are laws in place to make sure that those airwaves, which are owned by us, Mm -hmm. we the people, that they serve us, we the people. So the laws are very different. And in the piece I wrote for Bradlog, you'll see that that I'm talking about Ted Cruz's lawsuit Mm -hmm. against TV stations as really being the route to serve the public interest. Well, before I I get to that, uh, Sue, I just want to clarify. I mean, there are libel laws. You can't, and this is true as I understand the law, uh, whether you're, you know, on on broadcast media, on the airwaves, or, uh, you know, writing uh, print uh, newspaper and so forth. You still can't knowingly lie about an individual. We have freedom of the press, but I can't go out and say uh, Donald Trump is a child molester. Uh, Well, actually, I can say that, but if he is able to prove that I knew he was not a child molester and I still made that claim, then he could win a lawsuit against me. So there is a way to sue me or uh, you know someone in print or in broadcast media for libel, but for a public figure, you have to show not only that it is untrue, but also that the outlet knew at the time that they published it or that they broadcast it, that they knew it was, uh, they knew it was a lie, but they still printed it or broadcast it anyway, right? So it's a... It's a difficult mountain for someone to climb, for a public figure like Donald Trump to climb, but it it can still be done. So when he's talking about opening up these libel laws, I mean, is he just basically saying, uh, what is he saying? I don't understand what he's talking Does anybody know what he's talking about when he makes that claim? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Well, well, I mean, I, I'm not going to pretend that I know exactly what Donald Trump is talking about. <laughs> but here's where I stand. You know, and I'm not a big Trump or Cruz fan. Mm-hmm. Uh, However, yeah. I'm a big fan of truth in media, and right. especially when it comes to our political system. Honestly, if Donald Trump could figure out a way to make everybody in the news media tell the truth, I would say that's a good thing for you and me and we the people. Well, all right, well, so let's look at, let's examine uh, the, the cases here against the potential cases against each other. First, let's look at, at, at Trump. He's threatening a lawsuit against Ted Cruz, but he isn't actually threatening to sue him about the ads that uh, Ted Cruz is is putting on the air, the ads where he, you know, he claims that we can't uh, trust Donald Trump because he's actually pro-choice and so forth. So he's not threatening to sue him about that. He's threatening to sue Ted Cruz for something else entirely, right? For his eligibility to be president? (laughs) I know it is crazy. And, you know, it goes back to all of the laws which govern political broadcasting, where Mm -hmm. if you are a candidate and you pay for an ad that goes on a local TV station, Mm -hmm. which is where most of the money goes, by the way, 
when you pay for an ad and you're a, a federal candidate, the TV station absolutely has to run that ad. They do not get to vet that ad. They have to run it just as the candidates give it to them. So I think what Donald Trump finds himself in is a bind where he has no standing to sue Cruz for saying bad things about him, even though they're not true. So I think what Donald Trump is doing is finding Cruz's weakest point, Mm -hmm. which is the fact that Ted Cruz is born in Canada, and there is a legitimate question as to whether or not he is even eligible to be president of these United States. Is he or is he not a natural-born citizen? So Trump can't sue Cruz, even if he even if he contends that this ad completely misrepresents his position. Even if Ted Cruz put out a, a you know again going back to the child molester thing or something terrible like that, if he made that charge, the TV stations still must run any such ad that comes from a politician like Ted Cruz, even if it's false, even if it's knowingly false. The broadcasters. Must must still still sell that airtime? That is correct. Now, Donald Trump, I'm sure anybody can sue anybody, okay? The, the question is whether there's going to be a successful lawsuit. Right. But in terms of the rules that television and radio stations have to follow, mm-hmm. that's correct. A candidate is, in essence, free to lie to the public as much as they can get away with. As long as it's one of their own ads, one of those ads where you hear at the end, mm-hmm. I'm Ted Cruz and I approved this message. Right. Those are the ads we're talking about. As opposed to what I'm sure we're going to talk about next, the ads that are paid for by these murky third parties. Nobody even right. knows who they really are. And that's what we have here with Cruz's uh, potential case that he was talking about against a super PAC by the name of, uh, what's it called, America F- American Future Fund. Now, this is a much more, I think, important and potentially legitimate matter uh, that, that Cruz has here. According to a letter sent from uh, the Cruz campaign to media outlets who are running one of these anti-Cruz uh, uh, ads, you know, charging that Cruz is weak on defense or whatever, they write, quote, because this advertisement makes a fault, uh, flatly false factual claim for which your station is ultimately liable. This was sent to the TV stations in question who aired this thing. We strongly urge you to exercise your discretion as a licensee to refuse to continue to broadcast this advertisement and because it is already airing, immediately pull the advertisement from your rotation. That was a, a letter, I believe, to sent to one of the uh, television stations in South Carolina last week. Um, So he's not threatening, Cruz is not threatening Trump, he's threatening the TV stations. Why can he threaten the TV stations in this case, whereas Trump can't threaten the TV stations uh, in the ads against him by Ted Cruz? Well, first of all, Ted Cruz is apparently listening to the broadcast and reading uh, Sue Wilson's uh, stories (laughs) on the Brad blog because he knows his rights. Here's the way it works. These TV stations, once again, if you're a candidate, they've got to take your your ad and they have to put it on the air. But if you're one of these third parties that's running an ad for a candidate, but you're not really saying who you are, the TV stations are not required to take those ads at all. And if those ads are found to be false, Mm -hmm. yes, the candidate has standing to sue and say, I'm going to hold you liable for these, these false ads that you're making a fortune running and you're not fact-checking. And what I love about this, there, uh-huh. there, there's an action here for we the people to get every candidate all across the country 
writing a TV station every time there's a false ad and saying, if you don't prove this is true, I'm going to sue you. That's where we, the people, can start to get a little bit of power with all this crazy third-party money. And really, we are talking Citizens United money here. It all flows to the TV stations. Mm -hmm. They're making a fortune, billions and billions of dollars, taking this third-party money and running ads that lie to we the people. Yeah, you you note, for example, that the television stations alone, never mind radio, never mind newspapers and so forth, they're set to rake in four point four billion dollars in political four point four billion dollars in political ad sales in just twenty sixteen in this twenty sixteen election cycle. But Sue, why is it so there's just a difference in the law when it comes uh, the TV stations must run the candidates' ads if it's given to them, but a third party, that's a different situation. The super PACs, and that's where the big, big money seems to be coming from since Citizens United is from these super PACs. The, the TV stations can reject those ads if they look at them and determine them to be false? They not only can, but they should. Only they don't because nobody calls them on it. And so Cruz here is actually calling these TV stations on it and saying you can't run that ad by the American Future Fund because it's false or uh, we will sue you. I don't think he says we will sue you, but he says we strongly urge or we will take action, etc. So he has Ted Cruz has a case, as you see it, against, uh, against these TV stations? Ted Cruz, uh, he, he has the right to say, you need to be fact-checking these ads. Uh He has the right to say, I'm going to sue you. He has not gone quite that far. He has, you know, kind of threatened it, saying that you can be held liable. And that's absolutely true. But, you know, Brad, you know this. For years, I've been advocating Mm -hmm. that somebody sue these TV stations on behalf of we, the people, because we, the voters, are the people who really suffer the most from these ads that flatly lie about candidates and their issues. Well, why can't we sue? Why can't you sue, Sue Wilson? That's your name, after all. Why can't you Why can't you sue uh, when you see an ad that is knowingly false? Why can't you go to the TV stations and say, hey, you guys ran this. Here's the evidence that it was wrong. You guys had a responsibility as public licensees of the airwaves, of our public airwaves, to check this, to make sure it went out. Why can't you, or me, just file that suit? Well, ironic that you and I and everybody listening to this program owns the publicly owned airwaves, but somehow we don't have standing to sue radio stations and TV stations if they lie to us. The way the law is written, and again, this is all about law, and Mm -hmm. laws can be changed, but as the law is written today... You and me, the owners of, of the public airwaves, we do not have the right, we do not have what they call standing to sue. Because we're not harmed is the claim. We don't have the legals that the candidate is harmed here uh, because of these lying ads. But we, the people, at least as the courts see it, are not harmed, even though obvi- I, you know, I, you and I, Sue, would, would obviously make a case that the electorate is harmed, that we are all harmed by these false ads. But legally... That's the case. We don't have this. has been determined that uh, we, the people, we, the voters on our own, don't have the case. We need, we have to get behind somebody like Ted Cruz. Can't believe I just said that sentence. But we have to get behind someone like Ted Cruz to file a lawsuit in order to hold the media companies uh, accountable for not fact-checking the ads. 
That's absolutely right. And, and what I'm, I'm encouraged by is less that Ted Cruz is doing this and more that he is pointing the way for every candidate across the country to make this whole broadcasting mm-hmm. uh, political ad system work for the electorate. If every candidate started doing what Ted Cruz is doing, so candidates who are listening go to Ted Cruz's campaign website. In fact, go to the article on bradblog.com, and you will find it linked there. You know, you can use the words that their attorney used and write to that TV station and tell them that they are airing a false ad and they can be held liable if they don't correct the ad. If we can actually get all of these candidates to start realizing their rights on our behalf, uh-huh. by gosh, maybe we found the way to get these public interest obligations to the public really uh, serving us. But but if I file, uh, if I send a letter to the media, to my uh, local TV station, and say, stop airing this ad, what good does that do if I don't have legal standing to follow it up? Well, that's just the point, Brad. And, I, and I've been working on this for years, mm-hmm. talking to so many lawyers, begging people, can you sue on behalf of these lying ads? I'll find the ads that lie, and you can <laughs> sue them. And the answer is, because you don't have the standing to do it. So do we have candidates, do we have examples, Sue Wilson, of candidates who have sued uh, the media over third-party ads like this? Is there any other cases, or are we talking about testing these waters at this point? Uh, at this point, uh, uh, there is a Republican representative out of Modesto named Jeff Denham who has sued local television stations in Sacramento over this issue. To my understanding, that has not yet been adjudicated. But isn't it ironic? I mean, once again, we are talking about a couple of Republicans who are looking at it and citing public interest obligations, that broadcasters have public interest obligations. It's not words that we ever thought we would hear coming out of Republicans' mouth. <laughs> well, that's true. They do not like to talk about that. Uh, they like to give away the airwaves, the public airwaves, to the corporations, let them say whatever lies they want. L- let me. Uh, so you're, you're thinking here, Sue, is that a, uh, a, a lawsuit against them would actually lead them into doing some actual fact-checking on their own in the future, or else they would be held liable. And here is a place that these candidates could help us. Now, all of that said, while Ted Cruz, we discussed, has a, you know, an actual, let's call it a path towards a lawsuit, uh, as you point out, Donald Trump sues everybody all the time. Uh, And they're not very successful. John Oliver talked about it uh, on Sunday night on his uh, on his HBO show. Here, here he is. Here's John Oliver. I don't know if you got to see this, Sue, uh, talking about the record of, of Trump's uh, lawsuits over the years. His signature tough talk often involves lawsuits. He loves to threaten to sue people like he did with Rosie O'Donnell. She said I was bankrupt. I never went bankrupt. So probably I'll sue her because it would be fun. <laughs> I'd like to take some money out of her fat-ass pockets. Well, look, 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 of course, of course he needs to take Rosie O'Donnell to court to take money out of her pockets because his tiny, tiny fingers are too short to reach into her wallet. But, but he never sued her. He never sued Rosie O'Donnell. In fact, he's repeatedly threatened people with lawsuits and not followed through, including the rapper Mac Miller, uh, Lawrence O'Donnell, uh, Vanity Fair, and an activist who launched a petition for Macy's uh, to drop Trump's products. I'll sue you is Trump's version of Bazinga. (laughs) It doesn't really mean anything, but he says it all the time. (laughs) 
So it seems unlikely uh, that Trump is going to get anywhere with with his lawsuits other than bluster. But uh, Ted Cruz uh, actually has a chance of doing something, as do all of these other people. And I, it was a distinction, uh, Sue, I must thank you for, because I didn't understand the difference between uh, you know, candidates putting these ads on the air that they must do so by law, that the TV stations must allow them, but that they can say no. They can just flat out say no to third party groups. And maybe if they start getting frightened that they are going to get sued and that they're, you know, four point four billion dollars they stand to make in this election cycle could be at risk. Maybe they'll start fact checking and that might be at least some response for now to these third-party super PAC ads. Do you think people understand, Sue? I know you've written about it at Brad blog uh, and and, uh, all over the place for uh, Huffington Post and so forth for a long time. Do you think that voters understand the connection between the Citizens United decision and how the media are the largest beneficiaries of that Supreme Court ruling? Do they connect the dots to the... Do they understand the, the, the lack of reporting by big media on money and politics and the fact that, well, of course the media is not responding, uh, is not reporting on this because uh, they don't want to put themselves out of business. They stand to make billions off of the, uh, uh, the Citizens United ruling. Well, I don't think that the public really understands the, the legal aspects. But one thing that we, the people, do understand is that we are being lied to. We just are not quite sure how to separate the wheat from the chaff. Yeah. What I'm really loving about this is all it takes is a letter from a candidate, and the TV station is required at that point to check the ad. Ah. So if we could get plenty of letters going in saying, fact, check that ad, ah. all of a sudden we, the people, would be getting a lot more truth in political advertising, which would be a great thing. I don't think we mm-hmm. can expect Joe Average to understand the legal nuances here. But I certainly think that Joe Average wants to hear the truth when we turn on the TV set about the candidates that are running for president and for every other office, for that matter. Great point. Once those letters arrive at the uh, at the television station or the radio station, they're going to be inclined to look at that ad for for fact checking, because one of the precursors to a lawsuit is that they have to have been uh, warned or requested to remove the ad. And if they have, you know, a bunch of people saying, hey, this ad is false and then a candidate files a lawsuit against them, then they can be held liable for, hey, you were warned about this. You didn't take action. You kept running it anyway. Uh, Sue Wilson, very interesting, very important point, uh, one that I hope uh, catches fire here a little bit. Check out Sue Wilson's story at bradblog.com. Trump and Cruz, will somebody sue already? And, of course, follow Sue Wilson's work on the Twitters at Sue Blues Wilson and over at her own site, suewilsonreports.com. Sue, thanks for all your good work, and uh, stay in touch as this year progresses. Thank you, Brad, you as be- always. All right. All right, a quick break, and we are back with more Bradcast right after this. I'm Brad Friedman. Stay tuned. Hooray for Hollywood. That's yes. Ruey Bally, Hooey Hollywood. Indeed. Hooray for Hollywood for a change. Uh, welcome back to the Bradcast. Brad Friedman uh, of bradblog.com here with you, here with you and with Desi Doyen yes. of the Green News Report. You have been saying hooray for Hollywood 
All week. Well, at least uh, for a few days since the uh, Oscar uh, ceremonies on Sunday, which brings us to our latest Green News report. Environmental protection. We waste all of this money. Donald Trump calls for killing the EPA. West Virginia votes to kill climate science education. China works to kill off coal. Plus, and the Oscar goes to Leonardo DiCaprio uses his Oscar win to call for global action on climate. All of those calls and more straight ahead. From Bradblog.com, I'm Brad Friedman. And I'm Desi Doyen. Stand by for six minutes of independent green news, politics, analysis, and snarky comment. Leonardo DiCaprio finally got his Oscar. It's his first, and of course he's an environmentalist uh, who has taken jets all over the place. Oddly. Yes, that's so odd. Why don't environmentalists walk from New York to L.A. and back again? This is your Green News Report. Okay, Desi Doyen, I know you were rooting throughout the Oscars for Mark Ruffalo to win in hopes that he would come up and make some speech about climate. He didn't win, but... Leonardo DiCaprio did it anyway. You got lucky instead. (laughs) Yes, I did. We'll cover that in a moment. But first, at the 10th Republican presidential primary debate held in Houston on Thursday, billionaire real estate mogul Donald Trump said he would pay for a massive tax cut as president by simply eliminating the entire environmental protection. Agency. What specific cuts will you make? We're going to make many cuts. Environmental protection. We waste all of this money. We're going to bring that back to the states. We will cut so much, your head will spin. Now, it's a long-standing Republican Party goal to kill the EPA, but the EPA's budget is $8 billion, and so far, none of the Republican candidates have explained where the states are going to get that revenue to do what the EPA does to clean up the pollution in the land, the air, and the water. Well, obviously, they're hoping that Nobody takes care of those things. $8 billion is the EPA's total budget? That's it. That's amazing. We spend more than that in uh, Afghanistan in a week. And he's saying that somehow cutting that is going to pay for everything else that Donald Trump wants. Good luck with that. Meanwhile, West Virginia is undermining science education to prop up coal. On Monday, the Republican-led West Virginia state legislature voted to delay new science education standards requiring that students be taught about man-made climate change. (laughs) One Republican lawmaker said he voted against the new science standards because, quote, in an energy-producing state, it's a concern to me that we are teaching our kids that we are doing immoral things here in order to make a living in our state. So the new standards require them to teach about climate change, but they want to put those off for at least a year because, God forbid, we should tell students what is actually going on. That's right. Man. Good news for the planet and things that breathe. About time. (laughs) For the second year in a row, China's coal consumption has fallen faster than previous estimates, according to official Chinese government data. Coal still generates half of its electricity, but China's coal use peaked in 2013. And the drop in coal use in China in those two years alone is equivalent to the entire nation of Japan's annual coal use. 
use. China's replacing coal with renewables and set two new world records in 2015 by increasing solar installations 74 percent in one year and increasing wind capacity by 34 percent in one year. Don't tell the kids of West Virginia. Meanwhile, good news, monarch butterfly populations could be on the rebound after crashing for decades. The U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service announced this week that a new nationwide campaign enlisting Americans to plant milkweed, the primary food source of monarch butterflies, has so far succeeded in increasing the monarch butterfly population by an estimated 250 percent, as counted at their wintering grounds in an endangered forest preserve in Mexico. Oddly, none of those butterflies are visiting West Virginia. Finally, at the 88th Annual Academy Awards on Sunday night, Leonardo DiCaprio won his first ever Best Actor Oscar for the film The Revenant. DiCaprio, known for his environmental activism, used his Oscar speech to call on everyone to push for climate action. Making The Revenant was about man's relationship to the natural world, a world that we collectively felt in 2015 as the hottest year in recorded history. Our production needed to move to the southern tip of this planet just to be able to find snow. Climate change is real. It is happening right now. It is the most urgent threat facing our entire species, and and we need to work collectively together and stop procrastinating. We need to support leaders around the world who, who do not speak for the big polluters of the big corporations, but who speak for all of humanity, for the indigenous people of the world, for the billions and billions of underprivileged people who will be most affected by this, for our children's children, and for those people out there whose voices have been drowned out by the politics of greed, I thank you all for this amazing award tonight. Let us not take this planet for granted. Thank you so very much. I have a feeling more people may have just heard about climate change in this country than have heard about it over the past year, maybe more. For much more on all of these reports and the ones we couldn't get to, please check out our website at greennews.bradblog.com. Find us and follow us on the Facebooks and the Twitters at Green News Report. From Bradblog.com, I'm Brad Friedman. And I'm Desi Doyan. And this has been your Green News Report. Coal is West Virginia. Coal is me and you. Coal is energy. Coal is energy. We need energy. We need energy. Coal is West Virginia. Oh, West Virginia. Come on. Join us. Join us here in the 21st century. It won't. Uh, we won't bite, brother. Uh, my thanks to our producer, Desi Doyen, to our booking goddess, Cynthia Cohn, to my guest today, Sue Wilson of SueWilsonReports.com and the Media Action Center. My thanks, as ever, to you for spending a portion of your day or night with us. If you missed any portion of today's program, download it from bradblog.com or over at iTunes. Drop me email. I am bradcast at bradblog.com. And find me on the Twitters. I am the Brad Blog, both there and at uh, and at Facebook. That's it. Until we meet again, I'm Brad Friedman. Good luck, world. Mm-hmm.